Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. And today, along with my wife, Hilary, we want to share about removing blockages to your blessing. You see, God is sending blessings to you all the time. He loves to bless you. But sometimes there can be blockages that prevent us enjoying those blessings. And so we need to understand that God is freely giving to us in his grace. Everything's paid for by the blood of Christ and, and he freely gives forth in his Holy Spirit. And the number one message we need to understand is the grace of God that we just need to trust in his goodness. He wants to bless us. But, but today we want to look at the other side as well that there can be blockages in us that prevent that blessing happen. Now, I'm always hesitant talking on this side of the issue because there is a great danger that we get so focused on ourselves, you know, what's blocking the blessing, and we end up getting very introspective on ourselves, and, and this can perhaps make things worse because uh, the answer isn't in, in us, it's in Christ. And we receive the blessing by looking to Christ, not by looking within ourselves, because he is the blessing. And so in, when we do this, we need to understand that our focus must stay on Christ. He's the answer. He's the blessing. But the Holy Spirit will shine his light on blockages that may be in our heart. And we need to ask him and trust him to show us if there is any blockage. Um, he's well able. We just have to ask him, you see. Is there something in me that's blocking your blessing, Lord? Is, is there something from the past that I haven't dealt with? Um, not that we should be constantly looking at ourselves, but uh, because then Satan can get in and accuse us and paralyze us in our faith. But we do need to be open to the Lord to show us. And when he shows us, it isn't to condemn, but it's, it, it is just to reveal, so uh, to heal. Uh, when he shows us, it isn't some kind of ge vague general condemnation, but it's a specific thing that he wants us to deal with and bring to the light. And so we need to be open to us, to him, to search our heart, to show, to show us if there is a blockage. And he reveals it so that we can bring it to the light, and then he can remove it. Isaiah 40 verse 3 talks about the glory of the Lord revealed, but first some preparation has to be done. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. God wants to come through in glory in your life, but we have to prepare the highway. We have to remove the stones. In, you know, when they prepared the highway for a king in those days, that people went ahead removing the stones, making it nice and smooth and straight so that the king could come through. And in the same way in your life, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill laid low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. And then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. And so just like in the hose pipe, you can turn the tap full on and that water is flowing there but then you can step on that pipe or you can twist that that pipe up into knots and there's no water flowing out there's nothing wrong with the source the blessing is flowing but there's a blockage and we need to identify those and unscramble those God's will will is clearly revealed in John 7 he said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and, and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his innermost being, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water.
That's the blessing that God wants flowing out from out of your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says the same thing. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it, out of the heart, flow the issues of life, spring the issues of life. And you see, the blessing of God flows from the Spirit. Where the Holy Spirit lives inside your spirit, the Spirit fl it flows out of your spirit into your life, but it flows through your heart. What is your heart? Your heart is the, the channel, the connection between your spirit and soul. Uh, it's the deepest part of your soul. The Bible talks about the thoughts and intents, the deepest motivations and beliefs are in your heart. Your heart is, is that place that connects to the spirit. So anything from the spirit realm has to come through your heart. And if there's a blockage in your heart, that can stop the flow. That's why you have to guard your heart so that the living waters can flow freely. You see, the natural heart is, is a pump, isn't it? It pumps the life, your natural life, your blood around the body to every part where, that needs it. So in the same way, your spiritual heart is a pump that takes the life of the spirit and pumps it to every part that needs it, to your body and to your life, to your soul. And so your heart needs to be in good working condition, doesn't it? A natural heart can be damaged, can't it? It can be hardened. It, it can be blocked. And when the arteries in the heart are blocked, then, of course, that is very dangerous to your health. And in the same way, spiritually, it's true, isn't it, that blockages can be dangerous to your spiritual health. They stop the circulation of life that needs to happen. And so sometimes we need God to do heart surgery on us and remove those blockages. And I pray that today God will do some heart surgery on you. If there's a blockage there, that uh, God will be able to remove it. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. We need to protect our heart, you see, guard it from the wrong things getting in that will block the flow of God's life and blessings. And we're going to just together talk about some of these blockages. First of all, there, there's, if we just read on in Proverbs 4, he talked about guarding in his heart from different things because out of it flow the issues of life. And then immediately in the next verse it says, put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. And so one problem that people can have uh, that blocks the blessing of God in their life is, is this, their negative speech, their continual negative speech, perverse lips, deceitful mouth. You know, that's a blessing blocker. And that may be something that is, you know, the Holy Spirit may be pointing out, that, that your speech is so negative all the time, you're just blocking those blessings. I'll leave that with you. Now the second thing, and really... The first thing that I think one should always check if you're thinking, why? I believe God, but why are the blessings not really flowing in my life? The first thing you should always check is, is occult involvement. You know, in the past perhaps. What is the occult? It's the desire to access supernatural power and knowledge outside of God, outside of his, the, the name of Jesus. Um, that this, these things are forbidden by the Bible, though they are very common and popular horoscopes, Ouija boards, you know, going to clairvoyance and any number of such things. But they are forbidden by God. They're, it's an abomination to God. It's not acceptable to God, even if it is to the world. And these are doorways to death. These things give permission for Satan or demonic powers to work in your life.
They offer you a sweetener of power, but when you take that, it gives Satan a right in your life. It, it, gives, it opens the door to sickness. And if you've been involved in the occult in any way, you need to repent. You may say, well, I just did it for fun. You know, um, you need to renounce it because that has opened the door that's allowing bad stuff in your life. It gives Satan a right in your life. Maybe you went to a clairvoyant, you got a positive sounding prophecy, or part of it was positive, and that's enough for you not to reject it. You, even if it's all positive, you need to reject it. Because accepting it is giving Satan access to your life. If you seem to receive a healing, perhaps, from a spiritist, you know, you might think, well, that's a positive thing, isn't it? No, because you might get some kind of healing, but that actually now gives uh, access to, to darkness in your life that will bring a worse sickness in a year's time. You know, there's, uh, I've heard a number of stories on those lines. But I want to ask my wife, Hillary, she's to, she can really share from her own experience in this area how dangerous it can be. Yes, as, as Derek says, um, that if we go to a, um, a, a spirit healer, uh, maybe we get healed, which is what happened to me. Uh, a friend of mine, I told her I'd um, got these aches and pains, and she said, oh, I know just the person for you to go to. She said he's a faith healer and was in the West End of London, actually. And I, I went to this um, person, and I, had, I visited several times, and I did get healed from that. But actually, what happened to me afterwards was far worse than the original thing that I went for, because I'd opened the door to the occult. Um, I actually went on a downward spiral after that, and eventually um, I was so sick um, that I had um, rheumatoid arthritis, and I desperately, desperately needed God's healing. And then, um, what happened when you became a Christian? Ah, oh, that was absolutely, that was absolutely amazing. Um, I was taken very reluctantly, actually, to the town hall, uh, be, uh, because I was in so much pain and so much disability. My shoulders were locked, and I had actually considered committing suicide. And my friend had taken me to, to this meeting. And I didn't really want to be amongst Christians, to be honest. Um, and I went forward and I gave my heart to the Lord. And then went back to my seat. And then he called people again to come forward for healing. And what happened next when he laid hands on me was the most amazing thing I have ever, ever experienced. Um, nothing prepared me in my life for this. But he laid his hands on me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He said, I command the spirit of arthritis to leave you. A spirit had come into me, actually, when I had gone down the wrong road. Um, and the, I felt a power, the power of God, go into the top of my head. And it was immensely powerful, but immensely gentle. And as it gradually went through my body, it was pushing all the pain, all the pain out and my shoulders were totally released. Everything was released. A thing that made me realize that I was different after I gave my heart to the Lord at the town hall. And the very next morning, you see, normally I would read my horoscope. I wouldn't dream of going anywhere unless I'd read my horoscope. And I picked up the newspaper to look at it, and I felt so repulsed by it. And I thought, I, I threw it away. I thought, I never, never want to see that again. That was the reality of what God had done on the inside of me. And I, but afterwards, I, 
many times I felt so exhausted. You see, I had fond memories because the people that I had met in those occult days, I liked them. They were nice people. They seemed to be very kind. Um, and I had very fond memories of that, and I hadn't utterly, utterly rejected what I had been into, and I hadn't renounced it, and I had all the books as well. And I realized that these books actually were landing pads. Um, well, let's be honest, from devils and demons. And so I decided to burn the books, and it wasn't until I burned the books, and I delayed a couple of years, um, and it was actually to the detriment of um, my health because I was so exhausted. When I burnt the books, then I had freedom. This is so important that uh, this is a major blockage. If you haven't truly dealt with these things from the past, you have to do it decisively. Um, 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, What fellowship has a righteousness with lawlessness? What communion has light with darkness? Your children of light, these things are darkness, spiritual darkness. What accord has Christ with Belial? We should not be touching these things. What part is a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you're the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them and I'll be their God and they will be their people. God says, I want to bless you. I want my blessings. I want to be your God. But then, therefore, he says, come out from among them. That's separate from the things of darkness, from the occult. And be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I'll be your father to you, and you'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. He says, if you want to experience my blessings, you have to separate from those things. What you need to do is repent totally of any past involvement with the occult, however innocent you might think it was. Repent and renounce it with your mouth. I say, I renounce every work of darkness. And then call on the blood of Jesus to cleanse you utterly and completely. The Bible says, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. And if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So don't just sweep it on the carpet and say, well, I don't do it anymore. That's not enough. You've already opened the door. You've already allowed something bad in. And you need to re reject that, cast it out, and close that door once and for all. And the next verse says, therefore, having these promises, beloved, that in other words, God's blessing will be released when you do this. You cut these things off. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of flesh and of spirit. Now we know what filthiness of the flesh is, but the filthiness of, the, of spiritual filthiness is due to occult involvement, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And so it's most serious, and you must cleanse yourself of that. You can't experience much of God's blessing, because if you think of God's blessing like an electrical current, if you've got some of the opposite type of current flowing as well, that, that would be very dangerous for you. So you, you're stopping God's blessing in your life. Now, a third area is unforgiveness, bitterness. This will block the blessing of God in your life. Often it's related to parents, people who are close to you, authority figures in your life, because we're told to honor uh, our parents and so forth if we want to be blessed. It says if, uh, that it might go well with you. So obviously we don't have to obey um, our parents, you know, but we still have to honor them. Um, and so often people have deep resentments against their parents and so on that they, you need to deal with. That's a major blockage of blessing in your life. And the same applies in other authority figures. 
You know, it's not always relevant to obey them, but you, we always honor them. Or your blessing will be blocked. And the biggest authority figure in your life is God himself. And yet people seem to feel free to blame God. And that's going to cause immense blockages in your life, let me tell you. We honor. We honor. And we need to learn to forgive. When we're in unforgiveness, our blessings are blocked. You know, that person might be guilty. But we need to put them in God's hands and pray for them. Because vengeance is mine, says the Lord. You know, sometimes we want to hold on to them because we think they deserve to be punished. But we're only hurting ourselves. We need to release them to God. Uh, or we'll be ensnared by our, our offense. You know, give them to God. Let God deal with them. Because you're only hurting yourself. You're blocking your blessings. God doesn't mean they're going to get away with it if you forgive them. God keeps his own books. Now, Hillary, uh, I'm going to ask Hillary to come back now. And she's going to share something that has really inspired her in that area. Derek and I were looking at a bird program and I found it absolutely fascinating because um, these birds were using tools to get the bug that they wanted out of the tree. Some birds had their beaks perfectly um, right for doing this, but other birds didn't like the crows. And I thought they were really very clever. This was in a very hot country and these bugs lived in the inside of trees. And so the, the crow would um, sort out a tool that he wanted, which was actually a twig. And they were very fussy about the tool that they had, and they, they would carry it around from place to place. Anyway, what they would do is they would listen for the, the bug, and they could kind of hear it. And then they would poke the stick down the hole that the bug had made. And somehow on this program, they were able to show the bug's point of view, as it were, and they had this little bug, and he actually got these incisors. Now, the bird knew that if the bug managed to get out and grip its incisors on the bird, the bird would be very damaged, actually. So what he did was to poke the stick down. And the whole point of kept poking and poking and poking and poking and poking was to actually drive the bug mad so that it grips onto the stick. Now, the, the bug doesn't know that it's a bird at the other end, and none of them ever survived to tell the other ones. And so it would grip onto the stick like grim death, and the bird would pull it out. It the bug refuses to let go of the stick. Bingo, he's lunch. Absolute destruction. And it's like that with not letting go of an offense. The whole idea of the devil is to um, keep provoking you and provoking you and provoking you for you to grab hold of it, refuse to let go, and then he can destroy you. Thank you. The devil will have you for lunch if you allow that to happen. And of course, Jesus said in Mark 11, if you stand praying, if you've got anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your sins. In other words, somehow your sins will still be over your head, blocking your blessing if you don't forgive others. And basically, Jesus says, don't waste, don't waste your time praying. You might as well do something else because it's going to be useless anyway because the answer is going to be blocked by your unforgiveness. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus could have picked any number of sins to focus on, but the one he did focus on is he said, forgive us our sins our debts, as we forgive our debtors, us, those who've sinned against us. He knew because that was the number one blockage to people's blessing. And so if you find it hard to forgive, just 
Hold them in your hands and say, name them and say, you, you've hurt me, you did me wrong, but in the name of Jesus, because Jesus has forgiven me, right now I forgive you, and then you release them to God, and you put them into God's hands, and you ask God to bless them. And, and so, why does God take it so seriously? It's kind of like we're all prisoners sitting in the dock, because really we're all guilty, and God is the judge. And just what, imagine what happened one day if the judge is absent. You're thinking, well, God's the judge, but he's not doing anything about it. Um, why is he delaying? And, and so imagine you're in, in the dock, and suddenly one of the prisoners gets up, can't wait any longer, sits on the judge's seat, and starts judging the different prisoners in the dock. And, and passing out sentences. Just imagine what will happen when the judge now comes in the room. He's going to get a really strict judgment, isn't he? And so the Bible says that God is the judge. We, give, we are not to hold people in unforgiveness. And Hillary has another example, because um, sometimes an unforgiveness can be a root of bitterness that can be so deep in us that it sucks the life out of us. It, Hebrews talks about, be careful that no root of bitterness springing up cause trouble and defile many. And sometimes you've got to take real strong action against that root of bitterness. Yes, I was working with someone who was really quite abusive with their speech and I found it very difficult and it went on for several years. Um, and it got so bad because I was so angry with them, I think, all the time and I hated to hear their name. And in my eyes, they couldn't do anything right in the end, that they, they were always wrong um, you know, in, in my judgment. And I was actually waking up at 3 o'clock in, um, in the middle of the night feeling absolutely dreadful and wondering why I was so depressed and so oppressed. And then one day I was actually um, cooking some food and I think um, I'd gotten hold of the fairy liquid instead of oil and I was about to pour fairy liquid into the frying pan and I suddenly realized what I was doing. And I remember sobbing over, <laughs> over my stove and saying, Oh God, what is the matter with me? What's gone wrong with me? Help me. And it wasn't like God answered straight away, but you know, within 24 hours, God answered my prayer. Derek and I had gone out for a meal and he started talking about um, the sycamore tree and bitter root. And I said, that's what's wrong with me. And, and it, he was explaining that it brings death and, and how it strangle, it's a stranglehold in your life. And I saw a picture right before my eyes on the inside of me that my heart was like a garden and it was full of all these bitter, this root, this massive tree with all these roots and it was strangling the life out. And as Derek led me in the prayer um, to, to renounce this and to refuse it, that as I, as I prayed that prayer and, and took authority over it with my own mouth, I saw right, as it were, in front of my very eyes, this picture, the tree just keeling right over, and oh, something like 15, 20, 30 new saplings were growing up, beautiful little trees in the garden. Yes, when, it, when you've got a root of bitterness like that, you have to cast it out. Jesus talked about that in the context of forgiveness, and he said, if you've got faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this sycamore tree, which represents that root of bitterness, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it will obey you. You've just got to say, bitterness, I refuse to have you in my heart, and right now I command you to leave me right now in Jesus' name. 
you've got to take that kind of action against it. Let me quickly mention some other mental attitude sins that can block your blessing. Envy. Proverbs 14.30 says, a, a sound heart is life to the body. If your heart is sound, that allows the life of God to flow to your body. But envy is rottenness to the bones. If you let the wrong mental attitude in your heart, it will bring rottenness to your bones. And one is envy. That's wanting what someone else has or wishing they didn't have it. Another one is pride. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. For it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. So get rid of that pride. Anxiety blocks the force of peace flowing out from your spirit to, to cover your soul. Because you need to be relax to receive from God. If you're in an anxiety state, you can't receive. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. But with, with everything in prayer, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes understanding, which comes from your spirit, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. And so uh, there can be hurts and rejections that if you bring it to the light and ask the Lord to heal you, you can be healed. Covetousness, holding on to something, you know, that will block the blessing of God because if you're, if you're trying to grasp onto something, how can you be open to receive what God has for you? I want us to pray and I want us to ask the Holy Spirit to show you, if to shine his light on any blockage. Lord, we just ask you, if there's any blockage in our life, shine your light on it. Lord, I want to bring it to you at the light so that you can cleanse me, so that you can remove it from me. How, is there a hurt and rejection? Just give it to God and ask him for his healing ointment to be poured over it. Do you have a negative tongue? Just repent of that now. Cleanse my mouth, Lord. You're holding on to something or someone. Release it and trust God to bless you. Have you been involved in the occult? You haven't dealt with it? Just say, right now, I renounce that in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I call on you to cleanse me completely from that. Have you been covered in worry? Cast all that care on the Lord. Trust him. And let him put it in his hands to do it. Have you been in unforgiveness and worry? unforgiveness, bitterness, just right now, from your heart, remember how much Jesus has forgiven you and forgive them. Release them to God now in Jesus' name. Because if you will do that, there is a great reward. If you let the Lord do heart surgery on you, you will qualify for a great release of blessing in your life. Believe for it now. Right now I'm believing that the power of God, the blessing of God will flow freely, more freely than ever before in your life because those blockages are removed. In Jesus' name, amen.